to Season 1, Episode 16 of the Grave Consequences Podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am Caleb B, and that's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati, I believe. I see you're using your Twitter more now. You, you've been liking my tweets and stuff. Yeah, I started... Because uh, Rich has started posting a bunch of like uh, his tweets, and they're... He gets in it with people, and it's always mm-hmm. funny to me because I like shit stirring. <laughs> yeah, and he's always like arguing with someone, and it's always really good. Uh, so I, I, I finally signed back into that account. There's, I mean, people can follow me, but there's very little activity. I just encourage you, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm just a rabble rouser. I encourage Rich, and I encourage you to like just stir <laughs> shit up. Well. The shit I was stirring was with a good friend of mine, a former social suplex contributor, even um, uh, of uh, a podcast I used to host called the SMC podcast. You know, shout out to the days of 2017, 2018. But today we're here to review season one, episode 16 of Lucha Underground. The title was Caged Animals. Oh, by the way, follow our show Twitter at GC underscore cast. If more people will follow the account, I will start tweeting from it more often. That That is a, a promise I'm willing to make. Oh, I didn't know we had an official one. Yeah, we do. We do. I, I made it uh, like the day that we agreed to do the show. <laughs> do you have the, the, the uh, do you have the logo for the uh, profile pic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll have to follow it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you the password and you can tweet from it if you'd like, even though, you know, again, like you said, you're more of just a rabble rouser and etc. Um, I might be able to find but, some stuff to like, do. It's fun. I'm real bad about like self-promoting. Like I can even struggle to retweet my own podcasts, which is terrible. Like that, that is a bad way to get yourself out there. Well, I, f- I think other people uh in social suplex are doing it for us because i've seen them yes they are yeah they do a better job than we do (laughs) exactly yeah the social suplex account tweets it tweets the link to the episode and then i'll usually quote tweet it and then i will say something like hey please give us a listen or listen or die or feel free to give it a listen you know i'm surprised they haven't like kicked us out yet i don't uh, i wouldn't blame them man we'd be like the uh um, you remember NWO 2002? Um, I wasn't really a big uh, WCW guy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or do you mean the video uh, Well, games? this was in, I was going to say, this was in WWF, but uh, oh. Booker T was in the group, and they, like, <laughs> it looked really bad, because Shawn Michaels is like, you know, I, I, I think to myself, and then he kicks Booker T, and he's like, you're the problem! And then the oh, NWO, yeah. Which is... An entirely white group at this point in time just beats the crap out of Booker T. Didn't age well. Well, remember, he, I think he said something even worse than that. I think he said one of these things isn't like the others. Um, and... he he may have said that. I I can't remember, but he may have said that very well. Yeah, WWE <laughs> doesn't have a great history of their treatment of Booker T and no. you know other race people. race relations in general. Yeah, and you know, we're, me and you, we're not exactly uh, social justice warriors, but you know, it is what it is. They if WWE doesn't really, wasn't it Jim Ross that said to, uh, 
don't know who he said it to, but he said there would never be a black champion. Oh, my God. Well, that doesn't make sense for Jim Ross to say because Ron Simmons was a black world champion. I don't think it was um, Jim. I don't think it was Jim Ross's opinion, but him just saying like, hey, because of the people. uh, Oh, yeah, like Vince doesn't want, you know, a black champion. Yeah. but we're getting off topic. I, what I was going to say, hey, was, it's uh, it's no big deal. Dude, we go like 20 minutes a week anyway. It's not a big deal if we go off topic. Well, I was going to say it's funny. Like when I first joined Social Suplex, like I didn't expect to last very long because usually my jokes bomb usually like 90 percent of the time, yeah. um, which to me is hilarious. Um, I like yeah. I like jokes that, that die. Those those are the best joke. Yes. Yeah. They're um, so funny that no one James- laughs. James is not a fan of those. <laughs> like <laughs> I can tell you with, with years of experience, James Boyd is not a fan of those jokes. No, but I get them every once in a while with a few of them. Uh, but it's it's yeah. crazy that we're still... I mean, I think it's crazy that I'm still here because uh, I was not in it from the beginning. But, um, damn, I, bro, I forget what our original point was. Um, oh, hey, real quick, before before we start the show... We didn't start. Um, no, uh, oh. <laughs> no, not quite. I mean, we, we, you know, we've been recording, and yes, the show has started, and we're talking, and this is all going to be on the air. Okay, and good. I want people to hear it. I want people to hear it. I really do. Um, what do you think our next project should be? Should it be NWA Power or WWE CW or Dojo Pro or even Ring Warriors? Like, what are you thinking, man? What was Ring Warriors? That was like a weird offshoot of Impact that shot at uh, Sam's Town in Las Vegas. Austin Aries was the promoter, and like I think Jeff Cobb was the first Ring Warriors champion. And it was a really weird, a weird hodgepodge of indie talent that had like again like high level talent like Austin Aries and Jeff Cobb and uh, Killer Cross and. Those were like the three big names on the on the board, but it wasn't good. <laughs> so I'll just put it that way. It was not good, but it it certainly existed. You know, I want uh, um, that actually sounds interesting. I've, I, I Dojo Pro would be easy for me because I already own it on Amazon. Uh, I kind of yeah. wanted something that we can get Muzza on. Yeah, he watches we need to get Muzza on here, dude. Yeah, I think we should. I, I wanted to get a, a project where we get him on there uh, because he watches yeah. so much wrestling, it'll be easy for him. Um, yeah. Dojo Pro, I thought, would be easy like because it's one season. Oh, <laughs> it's like 14 you know episodes. What would be, yeah, that's fair enough. What would be even easier? Wrestling Society X. What the hell is that? That was on MTV. It only, I think it only went like 10 episodes, maybe. But it you know had what? like again, it had it had like Mickey uh, Banderas or uh, what the Mil Muertes is his gimmick name, Judas Macias, um, oh. Vampiro, Sean Waltman, Teddy Hart, Human Tornado, uh, Just Incredible, Matt Seidel. Um, this is from like 2006, by the way. Ooh, what was 2006 Vampiro like? Who knows, man? Dude, holy crap! Uh, Jack Evans, Seth Rollins, Luke Hawks, Colt Cabana, uh, Scorpio Sky, 
it's Joey a pretty good Ryan, roster. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Matt Cross, Eric Cannon, Vic Grimes, B Boy, uh, Bale, um, Josh Abercrombie, Sarah Del Rey, apparently TP, Quicksilver, GQ Money. That, that's pretty much it. But hey, that, that looks pretty interesting, man. Dude, I'm a big fan of Sarah something Del Rey. It's something to consider for sure. I would be I'm interested a fan of Sarah El Rey and the El Rey Network. There you go. You know what we could do? We could do like a side episode where we chronicalize like uh, Vampiro's Steven Seagal kind of like timeline with his body. Like when he started, you know, really getting to the, you know, oh uh, straight God. to t- straight to home DVDs where he's just because there's, there's probably like I, I think you can correlate the two different <laughs> directories. Our uh, trajectories. Yes. Um, yes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this has been fun. This has been fun. But yeah, let's I guess let's get into the show and uh, roll up our sleeves and talk about wrestling. Um, crack our knuckles into the microphone. I tried that yesterday and they didn't pop either. But anyway, opening us up was Mariachi El Bronx once again. Damn good house band. Uh, when... When Matt Stryker was talking about the assault that Cage did on Prince Puma and Conan, I loved the facials that Vampiro had because, like, he didn't give a crap about Conan. He even said something about Conan. He's like, I think he's like, well, who cares about Conan? Like, don't worry about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the one feud that they that he should focus on. But like when Josh was on, uh, you know, the, the whole Vampiro thing of starting a feud with everybody is is dumb (laughs) yeah vampiro oh my god like this this revisit has not been kind to vampiro that's for sure no but he kind of deserves it exactly yeah i'm not saying like this is unjust criticism but like it it is just that's how it is by the way we had another the first match of the night another classic aerostar versus drago uh, one of the things I noticed th- this was loaded with like really athletic pinfall reversals. Did those stand out to you? Quite a few moves. I, uh, going back and watching this Aerostar, he might be my favorite, bro. His, the <laughs> shit he does, he did a, he jumps over the ropes. He clears the ropes. Uh, but then he lands on the, the middle rope from after jumping over it and springboards into a dive. Like it looked like he tripped, but I don't even know how you do that. It's like you have momentum and then you go backwards to bounce off the <laughs> rope. He even did, uh, I think, I'm not sure who did it, but someone got the other person in, in a lawn dart position where, like, where you have them on your shoulder. Uh, yeah. But then he flipped it into an X Factor. Yeah. Freaking amazing. By the way, X Factor, best stable of the Attitude Era, for what it's Oof. worth. Best theme, Oof. too. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, I know we're talking about Lucha Underground, but, like, that just cracks me up that Sean Waltman's like, oh, I don't want Red Hot Chili Peppers. I want Uncle Cracker. Uh, he was probably, that's probably when the drugs really started to hit. I would imagine. Because <laughs> that's crazy. I think he even said, like, I think he even said it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they gave me so much credit, creative control, and I was such a dick that I took advantage of it, you know, even to my own um even against my own 
best interest. Yeah. By the way, Aerostar hit a springboard dive to get the win and even up the score uh, one to one for what it's worth. Sportsmanship at the end once again uh, with Aerostar helping Drago get up. And then Dario Cueto shows up and has to ruin the party, man. And Dario decides that, you know, you, you guys, you're really good. You're really even. And, you know, you're one apiece. So we're going to finish out this best of five. Three more matches, potentially three more matches. Whoever wins the best, whoever wins two more wins the series and will get a unique opportunity. Now, I know what this unique opportunity is. And uh, I will just preface by saying Dario Cueto is a dick. Were any uh, just uh, do you remember any of the unique opportunities being good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's one in, I think, the season two or three that involves a particular prop that I guess you could say is good. You know, I'm thinking about it like they're all kind of good. It's just they have such a risk. They're very yeah. like live or die kind of re- mm-hmm. like the opportunities have huge rewards, but they usually happen after you're already beat up and the cost of losing that <laughs> is usually really bad. So it's very weird. His unique opportunities. God, yeah. Um, again, just I, I love El Jefe, but he is such an ass, dude. This is the boss you don't want, but respect. Exactly. Exactly. Um. He's the kind of boss that, like, again, you don't like him as a boss. You respect him. And, hell, maybe even outside of work, if you didn't work under the guy, you might be friends with him. Maybe. I don't know. I could be friends with him. Just can't work for him. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, right after that match and uh, that segment, we had a King Cuerno vignette. Not much to report here. Basically, just to, you know, kind of hype us up for the main event tonight, which is King Cuerno and Johnny Mundo, which uh, has a build of a couple of weeks. They've attacked each other, I believe. Um, Cuerno attacked Mundo after or during, technically during a cage match. Brian Cage, that is not a steel cage. Um and then I believe a week later, Mundo got the get back on King Cuerno, if I'm not mistaken. But all that being considered, the next match of the night, it was a non-title match. It's Brian Cage against Prince Puma. And if Cage wins, he is the new number one contender. So he would get another title shot. Um, this match was just a lot of Cage dominating. Um uh, the narrative throughout the match was like, did Prince Puma come back early? And who is Prince Puma without Conan? Because, by the way, Puma came out alone. Yep, they made they made it uh, a point to point out that he was a solo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I did notice that Puma g- gets a hope spot with a shooting star press to the outside and then near fall on the inside. Cage literally pushes away a a roundhouse kick from Puma. Like he just puts his arms up and pushes his arm outward to push the leg away from him. And I think Puma, it was so much momentum that Puma actually face planted. It was, I thought it was kind of weird, but like they're trying to portray that cage is like, you know, he's not a man. He's a machine. He's a machine. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
that the shooting star was awesome too because it was a springboard as well. He springboarded yeah. to do the shooting star. Yeah. Oh man, why didn't I write down springboard? But um, anyway, later on, the Prince Puma hits a Rana for two. Later on, after that, Prince Puma misses a six thirty, and then Cage just kills Puma with a discus lariat. It was like awesome. he just murdered him. It was his. It was a great. Cl- it looked like a the same about the same about power as Brody Lee's discus clothesline. Like it, it took his head off. Yeah. Yes. Conan shows up when Cage puts Prince Puma in what I called the Brock Lock because I'm pretty sure that's the same submission. It is a stretch muffler. There we go. Stretch muffler. That's the proper name. Yeah. Um, thank you, by the way. That's well, why you're the color guy. Um, <laughs> this was followed up by multiple power bombs from cage and then weapon X. And while Prince Puma is just down and out, cage is just hammering him, hammering him with rights and lefts and elbows and everything he possibly could until Conan grabs a white towel, which I didn't know they had a white towel at ringside. That's awesome, though. And then Conan throws it in, just gives it up. Just he's done. Like, Puma cannot defend himself. This was an emphatic victory for Cage, man. I, I love the finish. I, I, I'm i not sure if I talked on air, but I, I like uh, the finishes where someone throws in a towel because they don't want it. Either it's a manager or a friend because they don't want them yeah. to take any more damage. It, it adds a little bit. I mean, you can only have so much realism in wrestling, but uh, I like the concept of like, I want to live the fight another day instead of yeah. getting retired here. Uh, so I, I like that kind of, it's, it's a different kind of finish. It's refreshing. Like you don't want to see it too much, but you know, it, it's, it's when it's done right. It's, it's, it's really well received for me. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Um, one of the only other comparisons I can make as far as like good throw in the towel scenarios was it was Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era of, I think, uh, Roddy Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. This was in the summer of 2018. And uh, the Mustache Mountain just had too much honor to like get a DQ loss to retain the belts. So Trent Seven, or no, I think it was Tyler Bate throws in the towel and because uh, Trent Seven just wouldn't submit, but like he couldn't get out of the hold. So, yes, Tyler Bate threw in the towel. And that was another uh, good instance of that, in my opinion. You should check those matches out, by the way, if you haven't before. That was a very good match. I know exactly the match you're talking about because he was worried about his partner. Like as if you're a tag partner, yeah. you know, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to lose your partner. You don't want them to break their ACL. <laughs> I forget what kind of what was the submission. Do you remember? I, I don't. Some kind of leg uh, lock. It may have been like it. I think it was like an Indian leg lock or something. Okay, yeah, because it was. Uh, I think Kyle O'Reilly had him in it. I oh, believe nice. so. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great match. I, I love that match. Yeah. And I did like that. The next thing we see was a Prince Puma vignette. And Conan's basically saying, he's like, you know, you may not know it now, but I did you a favor. And I, I love this quote because he said, war is based on deception. Yep. I, I think they're trying to, I think what they're trying to say is that they're trying to get Cage a big head and then they're going to crush him in the next match. 
I was going to say, yeah, like, are they basically trying to rope-a-dope Brian Cage then? It, that's what it sounded like, or at least Conan is. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> after that vignette, we cut to El Jefe Dario Cueto and Sexy Star in Jefe's office. And Sexy's just, like, upset with the idea of men interfering. Like, she didn't ask for Big Rick's help, and... I did like that, you know, because she's got, you know, she's a lady, but she's got cojones, man, because she, uh, Jefe has his legs on his desk and <laughs> sexy pushes him off. Yeah, she, she, I like her. I know we, we kind of are harsh on her a little bit, but she's very likable yeah. early in the season. And I don't in know if you're picking kayfabe, this. She is very likable. Yes. Yeah. In kayfabe. Uh, it, it, I don't know if you've picked it up on this, but her relationship with, with Dario, as you're going to find out, he tends to respect her because she doesn't show weakness. If you notice in this in this uh, vignette, uh, he puts her in a situation where uh, I'll let you tell them, but the situation he puts them in or her in, uh, she's like, sure, OK, let's do it. And he if you pay attention to his mannerisms, he's he likes what he hears. Okay, so what you're referring to is the fact that Dario Cueto, uh, because, again, Sexy wants the crew, and she doesn't want a tag match. She doesn't want to tag with Big Rick. She wants him in the ring. So Dario Cueto makes Big Rick versus Sexy Star, and <laughs> the winner will get to face the crew. This is a mismatch of epic proportions. Like Big Rick is a mountain of a man, and Sexy Star does not care. Like, win or lose, she's coming to the fight. I think I've said it before on air, but she's like Captain America against Thanos. She doesn't care what the odds are. She's going to keep fighting. She doesn't give a shit. And he, yeah. it, as you'll see throughout the show, the characters are not two-dimensional. Even Dario. Uh, he's going to yeah. do some things that you wouldn't expect a heel manager uh, to do. I would like to note that Dario Cueto did have like an untrustworthy smile, and I, I think I detected a wink at the end of the promo as well. I don't remember the. I mean, he's still. Uh, this is a situation where he's not necessarily doing a good thing, but I'm just saying that uh, you're gonna see more dynamics like the one he has with Sexy is gonna be different. Uh, he's gonna be a dick to her, but there's gonna be moments where he's not. Just because he respects yeah. her. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil too much. Uh, but you're going to see characters that... You're going to see bad guys do good things sometimes. You're going to see good guys do bad things sometimes. Yes, you will. Again, Shades of Grey. Shades just of Just like real life. Yes, and I like that. And it, it makes it more complex. You can't predict things. Uh, so pay attention to their relationship. Uh, he's nothing. He's not going to be good yet. <laughs> he's never going to be good. <laughs> no. No. Um, he could have been good in season five, but uh, that didn't get to happen. So <laughs> no, that it's a shame. Sorry. Yep. Oh, by the way, next up was a Pentagon match. He was facing Vinny Massaro, a wrestler who's so talented that he's more over on Twitter than he is inside a wrestling arena. I could see that. I don't know anything about him outside of Lucha Underground. I don't like Vinny Massaro, man. And that may be, I don't know. I may be coming across like a dick right now, but I really don't like Vinny Massaro. 
uh, for any particular reason or? I d- it's just something about him. I mean, maybe I'm being unfair, but the, uh, I don't know. It's something sticks in my craw about him, you know? No, I, I not liking someone just by looking at him is legitimate. Like, yeah, we've all met someone where and, we're like, Fuck no, it's not because he's and no, it's not because he's Italian. I'm not a xenophobe. I mean, I just he's he's a jobber here, so there's really not much to go on. Uh, but yeah. I think we all have wrestlers we hate without any. Um, I hate to say good reason, but I think we all have wrestlers we hate. Just because yeah, we do. No real reason. Yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah, I mean, again, Pentagon has been on a path of destruction and he's facing a guy who didn't really get an entrance of any kind. So you, you can kind of guess what happens here. Pentagon, by the way, dedicates the match to his master. Pentagon very quickly hits a Pentagon driver for the ring or for the win. Pardon me. After that, Pentagon pulls out a table and power bombs Vinny through it. And I'm like, oh, he's. he's going away from the arm that sucks but then sure enough i spoke way too soon he puts him in the arm breaker and breaks vinny's arm i was elated yeah we were waiting for it to happen did he tap him first oh, no he, he beat him with the uh no, he just pin. won won him with a pin okay i didn't take too many notes in that because it was it was all about rebuilding pentagon and getting a momentum it was just i, I was i guess a squash Technically. Yeah, that, that's all that was. That was just a squash, man. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen the match in about a week, but I'm pretty sure it didn't go a minute. Yeah, I think you're right, because I don't remember any offense from Vinny. Yeah. After that, we got our main event of the evening, King Cuerno versus Johnny Mundo. Uh, this match wasn't too long, but there was a lot of action, and it ended in a double countout. As they keep fighting and they brawl just all over the temple, <laughs> nothing's off limits whatsoever. Now this match was pretty damn. I, I I I told you I think on the last episode, man, Johnny Mundo is fun to watch in Lucha Underground. I think this is where he's. I think this is his best stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would say like his stuff in Impact as World Champion was really good, but uh, yeah, I would agree. This his best work and this match this dynamic with uh Quirno is very good like the, the this was just an entertaining match there was he and johnny mundo seems like a really good brawler early in the season like he's doing some awesome clotheslines he does a spear uh the only thing that kind of sucks is he kind of has kind of uh weak elbows forearms uh, but that's like the yeah. only criticism i have and you have to like be fo- I, you have to be paying attention to like criticize them i think other than that it's like yeah great did, did you notice the finish too um what the finish with the brawl well uh i i you know i forgot it, it didn't it I was mean, a i know it was a double count out he did three of those arrows from hell queerner did on johnny mundo Holy he, shit. he he hit him once went to the ring hit him again Went in the ring and hit him again. It was like if you were playing a video game with your creative character. And you're and, spamming the shit. Yeah. It was just really cool because, like, you know what? He's a good hunter. It worked. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Like, man, King Cuerno is, he's a boss, bro. Dude, he's amazing. Oh, oh man. And the brawl at the he, end was great. 
Wasn't there a match he had on NXT like a month ago that I was supposed to watch that I still have? I know everyone was talking about the Oh, him and Swerve. Yeah, I still need to watch that match, man. Yeah, a lot of people like that match. Uh, I want to go and watch some of his NXT stuff, too. There's a lot of stuff on NXT I've been missing, man, and it kind of sucks, yeah. but I just don't have time. I get you, bro. Like, I, I can barely watch AEW on Wednesdays, man. And that's not like, oh, it sucks, but, like, I just don't have the time. Dude, trust me. Like, I NXT, like, I never started not liking it. I've, I've always loved it. It's just I don't have time, man, and... You know, I even have to watch some of the replays on YouTube for Dynamite sometimes. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. I did notice, though, and help me out here. Someone speared someone through a weird section of fence in the temple. Yeah, Johnny Mundo. That was the very end, I think, you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, the end of the brawl there. He speared... Querno through this chain link fence at the top into a bunch of boxes in the warehouse part. I mean, the whole brawl was cool because it's yeah. so dirty. It looks like a warehouse. I, and I like that it went upstairs, too. That was nice, man. Oh, they were just beating the shit out of each other wherever they could take each other. And it it was great. I mean, uh, it, it, the whole place looks dangerous, like rusty. You're going to get tetanus if you hit something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like i love the aesthetic of the temple and i think we've hammered on about that before but like it is such a gritty aesthetic man dude it's the the, if aew or even nxt were to get more vignettes like lucha underground did um they would just i think they would be 10 times better and they're already great shows i'm just saying that i think wrestling uh, especially without live crowds where you can't play off the crowd as, as much i think you know, why not do a filmed vignette? You know, uh, I agree. But by the way, that that brawl wasn't the end of our show, because the next thing we see, we see a car driving down the streets of Boyle Heights. And it's like, well, who the hell's in this car? What's going on? All of a sudden, the car stops. The car, the car pulls over. El Dragon Azteca gets out of the car. Opens the hood, has Black Lotus in there. And then he says, like he said, in the very first clip of the first episode, do you know how to fight? Or what do you know about Lucha Libre? And then pulls out his hand and says, come with me. So it's business is picking up. So he's the one that knocked her out. And I think there was even a part where they showed an x-ray vision of her in, in the trunk while it was driving away. I, I, I might be, that might have been a fever dream, but... I, I'm pretty sure that's a shot that they did. Um, they're still setting story stuff up, uh, but it's and I'm going to say this, man. This episode was a lot of story being formulized and being created and moving along. But I got to say, this episode was way better than the last episode. I would agree. I would agree. And speaking of, I mean, you know, we usually do a grade a one to a one to ten. So how would you rate this episode, Greg? Uh, I want to go higher than an eight, but I'm going to go with an eight. I uh, I think I'm going to go seven and a half, man. I mean, it was really good. Um, I just, man, there's until next week or two weeks from now, whenever the next Drago and Aerostar match is, as good as that match was, there wasn't really any reason for it to be happening at the time that it was happening, you know? 
Well, I'm excited for that one because uh, they're going to have uh, a best of five match. And I, I and like I said, I yeah. I really like Arrow. I don't care much for Drago. Well, it's a best of five, but it may as well be a best. It's a best of five, but it may as well be a best of three because they're already tied one to one. That's true. Uh, I, I'm just a big fan of Arrow Star, so. Yeah. I like I like it. <laughs> Arrow Star, like Arrow Star, I love watching him wrestle, but like you don't really have a lot to sink your teeth into character wise is the problem. No. And the funny thing is he has like one of the most craziest. <laughs> Cause uh, I mean, should I spoil what Drago is? I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but Drago is a dragon. Uh, Drago is a dragon. Yeah. He's from like, and I think even uh, Melissa, uh, what's Melissa Santos's last, it's Melissa Santos. She, I think she even says it in her introductions for him from like the fire realm. From or- from El Inframundo, which means from inside the fire, I believe. Yeah, she she means that literally. He comes from fire. Well, Aerostar is from space, and he's a time lord. Yeah. Which uh, we will explore that later on in the series. I will put it that way. And I am excited. Uh, yeah, he's he's someone that's super interesting that they don't do enough with. But time travel's weird, and how would you do that in wrestling? So I don't, you know. <laughs> Everyone they that figure does figure out a way. They, they may or may not throw some Hail Marys towards the end. Yeah, it's uh, anytime you do time travel, most people end up breaking their own rules. But actually, I think Lucha Underground, a wrestling show, is probably the only place that didn't break their own rules. But we that's like season three. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I mean, dude, this was this was great. I'm I'm so ready to do it again. Um, but we are gonna get out of here, folks. Uh, and all as always, uh, despite all threats made against me in group chats, despite well, all of that. Well, actually, you know what? We got to go after eight bit now, cause oh, we do. Cause yeah, cause now TNA has all that buzz for for Kenny going over there. So now you you can't. Well, Here's I don't know the what thing, you... though, like, Sandy's a shooter, so I don't want to, like, I don't want to fuck with Sandy, dude. Oh, okay. I don't even know what, what uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, we could just do the normal thing then. I mean, heal Josh number two, like, he's still, uh, still a dick, for what it's worth. It's okay, he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I think he's our, our, one of our most loyal listeners. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's Heal Josh number one, by the way. Ah, okay. Oh, that'd be great if we got both the Joshes to listen and we buried both of their podcasts. No, we should get them both on the show at the same time. Yes, and then bury them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, folks, as always, despite all threats of violence made against me in group chats, that we are and always will be the true ace of podcasts. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr. 
Again, that's all things elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator. And I believe uh, once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show, uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith. A couple of great guys, in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network, if you if you notice the theme. Also, of course, we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd every sunday on the network we've also got the ricky and clive wrestling show last but not least i love those guys they're my homies from scotland ricky you are one handsome devil and you guys put on a great podcast and always remember to listen to the grave consequences podcast or there will be grave consequences